Hi, I'm Pastor Corey, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that path. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. Our scripture this morning comes to us from the letter of 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 19. I invite you to turn in your own Bibles to that passage, or if you're using a pew Bible, the page would be 226. And you're invited to read along. Hear these words from John 4. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And in this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is perfected in us. And by this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father has sent his Son as the Savior of the world. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the Son of God, and they abide in God. So we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. We love because he first loved us. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God, indeed. Good morning, church. I'm Adam Seat, lead pastor here at Orange, and I'm always so thankful when we have the opportunity to come together because I've recognized how much I need Sunday mornings, how much I need the time to come together to worship and praise God. We go through weeks like this where we see, once again, another mass shooting, acts of violence in the world. It's just a reminder to come together as the people of God that just fills me and strengthens me. And even though this is about the time that we're coming to give to God, God always pours into us even more. I mean, I need Sunday mornings. Yes, I love my small groups, the opportunity to have with the Seekers small group, and then also the the Band of Brothers Bible study that I do on Thursdays. Those are opportunities for me to grow in my heart and my head. And then I love the opportunities like we had this past week to serve God in our community with our hands and feet by joining together with the outreach team and serving with porch, doing a food distribution on a cold Thursday morning. I love all of those things. But there's something about this. There's something about when we gather together to worship and praise God that something happens. And I'm thankful for this opportunity that we can come together for that today. Let's go to God in prayer. Lord God, as we come together today, we come bringing different needs, different concerns, different things weighing on our hearts and minds. 
pray that you might help us fully be present, recognizing your Holy Spirit is with us today. Speak to us, Lord, for your children are listening. By the power of your Holy Spirit, would you transform the words that proceed from my mouth and as they fall upon our ears and penetrate our hearts, may they be changed into the word of God that we need to hear today as individuals and collectively as one body. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, Amen. As Pastor Corey said, we are in the season of Lent. This is that time where we reflect upon our own need for a Savior, understanding that we are but mere mortals. But during this time, we are preparing ourselves ultimately to go to the cross with Jesus. And so in this season, we are focusing on some of those questions that we ourselves may ask of God as we reflect. Questions such as, who is God? Why do bad things happen to good people? How can I face the future? You know, asking questions is a normal part of human life. Having doubts is a normal part of our human, human experience. And we don't have to be ashamed when we have doubts or we don't have to hide our questions before God. God is certainly capable of handling any questions that we ourselves may have. I know when I read through the scriptures, I see about King David. And so many times you can see King David wrestling with his own doubts and questions that he has of God. In fact, I think of one of the words of Christ while he was on the cross was actually a verse written by King David in Psalm 22, verse 1 that begins, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Those same words uttered by Jesus as he hung there on the cross shows us questions. Questions are just a part of our normal existence. Questions and doubts are ordinary. And I remember being taught in Sunday school as a child that you should never question God, but I think the reality is we do. God created us with that capacity to ask those questions, to wrestle with doubt. And God fully welcomes our questions. I mean, David's called a man after God's own heart. If David is called one after God's own heart, even with all the questions that he himself asked, God welcomes our questions. God welcomes us. And so this Lent, we are practicing asking some of these biggest questions and doubts that we may have of God. We're practicing embracing this deeply human part of our experience, moving together toward the great and joyous mystery of Easter resurrection. And so this week we are asking the question, who is God? Now people often wonder who God is or if God even exists. A lot of times after a great personal tragedy or a great tragedy that someone has undergone, people will question how could God ever let something like that happen? I've known people that have walked away from the faith, walked away from God after suffering trauma in some form in their lives, or even trauma within the context of the church, because frankly, in the church, we don't always get it right. One of my closest friends to this day denies the very existence of God. 
He has done so for years after tragically losing the lives of both of his parents while he was away in college. He reasoned, how could there be such a thing as a higher power, a supreme being that would allow something like this to happen? And even though he had been raised in the church, he himself denies the existence of God now. It's really kind of amazing that he would even be friends with me. In fact, it sort of sounds like the start of a bad joke. A pastor and an atheist walk into a room. (laughs) Really for all of us, it's normal to have a time of doubting, a time of questions, questioning who is God or does God even exist? Our scripture today that Pastor Corey read a few moments ago, I think it gives us a helpful way of considering God's existence, God's character, and God's nature. I mean, the passage even states the exact obvious, no one has ever seen God. And while yet no one has ever seen God, the scripture does make a very powerful connection between experiencing love, knowing love, And knowing God, if one has experienced love, then they themselves, it's a pretty good chance they have experienced God. First John even states, God is love. And therefore, the fact that we love means that we are born of God and know God. And of course, you could say, well, isn't love just a human emotion? And what does that have to do with God? I mean, yes, it is absolutely possible to love without believing in Jesus or even hearing the message of Jesus and that he is God's son. But our friends and family that may not believe in Jesus certainly have the capacity to love. And sometimes those outside of the church They seem to do a better job of it, of showing that love, than sometimes we do in the church. Again, we don't always get it right. But we know that God, we know that love from God. Because that love was revealed through Jesus Christ. In verse 9 of that passage, it reads, God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. So God's love is revealed through the gift of Jesus Christ. When we experience that love, something happens. God does something completely new through Jesus. Through Jesus, God completely transforms all of humanity. Through Jesus, something happened. He created a new way of being human. Through Jesus, we created a new community that was formed and characterized by love. We cannot prove the existence of God. We cannot prove that Jesus is the very Son of God. But history does prove that something happened after Jesus' death on the cross. Scholars tell it, point out the historical fact that a new community of faith began to live differently. We see it lived out in the book of Acts. Living in this community after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, people were sharing their resources with one another, meeting the needs of one another. They claimed to experience release from repressive powers, systems of law, lack of fear of death, freedom and peace. In short, they became a community born of love and characterized by love. Something happened. What was it? 
Well, that community of faith described that the something that happened was the resurrection of Jesus. And in Jesus, they learned of Jesus being God's son, being raised from the dead. And this new community points and continues to point to the reality of the character of the loving God as revealed in Jesus. That community, the early church, it created a new way of being. And to this day, we continue to try to live into that. We can't always understand it. We can't always point to it and say exactly what it is. But we know something has happened within us. And the church is continuing to try to live into that, pointing to the reality of God's existence today. God, who was revealed in Jesus Christ, is present with us now by the Spirit. And that continues this transformation within us to love. That doesn't mean we always get it right, but we are called to live in this love so that other people can experience what we have experienced, that something has happened. And when they experience that, they have experienced the presence of God through the Spirit. And that transforms us. That transforms us all. As people who claim to be followers of Jesus, we have a responsibility to be the evidence of God's existence so that others may see and know. We are to be as Jesus is in this world. And we are shaped and perfected by that love that we receive from the God in Jesus. When we experience or witness that kind of love, we get closer and closer to the understanding of who God is. Some of you know that in 2019, just about a month or so prior to I coming to be with you in ministry, my mother suffered a massive stroke on a Thursday. And we all gathered there in Rocky Mound. Immediately we were called together. And it was amazing how friends and family began to gather and assemble there in the hospital. And as they prepared to fly my mother to Duke through the helicopter, one of the words of Thanksgiving I had was that mom was not cognizant of all that was going on because my mother would have been terrified flying on that helicopter. But we watched her go and then got in our vehicles and made our way to Duke Hospital. It was amazing. The friends and family that, that met us there, that got there before us, that surrounded all of us with love and care, just simply being present. And their presence changed things. One of the people that showed up at the hospital was my friend. My friend that had lost his parents when he was in college. He just wanted to be there. Over the years, he had gotten to know my parents because our children played sports together. And when Jennifer and I would go to, out of town, my mom and dad would come and stay with the boys. And so they got to be around my friend. And my friend had seemed to develop an affinity for my parents and develop this relationship almost like my mother was another mother of his. And so he wanted to be there. He wanted to be present. The next day, my mother finally joined Glory. And over the course of that week, we were surrounded by so much love and care. People just being present with us. And you could feel something different. We prepared for mom's memorial service just, again, three weeks prior to my becoming your pastor. And as we had that service in Rocky Mount at the church that my mother and father were a part of, 
Mom had four grandsons, my two boys and my sister's two boys, and all four wanted to speak at her service. And as they spoke, I could see my friend, and he was just overcome with emotion. And then I felt a responsibility to offer words honoring the life of my mother, and so I got up and spoke, and once again, I could see how it was impacting my friend. My dad who's a retired Methodist pastor, had been married to my mother for 52 years, even wanted to offer words of comfort that day. And dad got up there, and I don't know how he had the strength to do it, but dad spoke in such beautiful ways. And I noticed something happening with my friend. After the service, we had an opportunity to greet folks. And later in the day, as we had returned back to our home, my friend and his family came to our house just to be with us. And I remember standing with him in the kitchen, and he was talking about the service. And he said, you know, when your sons got up there, when the boys got up there and spoke, oh, that was just tearing me apart. And he said, and you got up there and you spoke, and oh, it was just, oh, I was feeling so much weight. He said, but something happened when your dad got up there and spoke. As your dad talked about his beloved, somehow I began to feel peace. I began to feel warmth. He was comforting me in the midst of all of his pain and all of his hurt. He was making me feel better. How do you explain that? He asked. I said, well, as followers of Christ, we call that the Holy Spirit. You felt the presence of God. You felt God's love. You witnessed it and you experienced it. Now, he didn't really want to accept that. But he knew something happened that he could not deny. Friends, maybe you have experienced at some point in time, something happens that you cannot explain, but you cannot deny. Maybe it's that in the midst of your deepest, darkest day, you encounter someone by chance who happens to offer the exact words that you need to hear at that moment. That's not by chance. That's by providence. Maybe it's that you are just looking for some kind of answers and you open up the Bible to just try to have God speak to you and you happen to open it to the exact verse that you need to read in that moment. That's not chance. That's something happening. That's God's love being shown to you in a unique and powerful way. And maybe you yourself had an inkling to just pick up the phone and call someone and you don't know why you had thought of that person. But on that day, you happen to pick up the phone and you call them and you find out in that exact moment, it's the exact phone call that they needed. Friends, these are ways that we live into the love and these are the ways that we demonstrate the existence of God to the world that is asking, who was God? God is love. And we are called to be those representatives of that love in the world today. Something happened. Something's happening. And we are called to live into that so that others may come to know who God is. Today, I want to offer a special invitation. One of our members purchased, once again, handmade wooden crosses made from Palestinian Christians in Bethlehem. And these crosses are an invitation for us to just carry the place in our pocket and be reminded of how God's presence is always with us. God's love is always with us. Maybe that's a reminder that you need. 
Maybe it's a reminder you need in your pocket as you go for uh, an appointment or you go somewhere facing some sort of a challenge. As we sing today our closing hymn, I'm going to invite you, if you feel so led, to come forward and to take one of these crosses. But maybe you know somebody that's going through something. Maybe the gift of this cross, if you were to take one of these and to offer it to that person that you know, that might be the something happening that somebody needs. And so I want to invite you, however you feel led when we close this time, to come, to take up a cross, and let this begin to be one of the ways we show the love of God so that others may know who God is. Let us pray. Lord God, many times we face those circumstances that ask us, cause us to question. It's normal. It happens to us all. God, I thank you for your faithfulness that in spite of the times that we question, in spite of the times that we may doubt, you continue to pour out your presence, reminding us time in and time again that you are always with us. So God, help us to, to be an embodiment of that love that you have for us. Help us to, to be able to live in that love and so that others may see that love within us. May we live as those who are unafraid of dying, for we know the love that you have for us. God, I pray that as we think of those circumstances that we ourselves may be going through, that something may happen. You'll offer us that, that touch, that warmth, that peace, that comfort that we need right in that moment. And Lord, I pray that those people in our lives that you may pull us to so that we may be that representation of your love in the world today. So Lord, we pray all of these things today in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.